0: You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die.
1: This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's Here we go. It's tricky. to our house and bust her out, I had to leave real early. it feels really sleazy, all they just say is please me, or spend some time in rock a rhyme, I said it's not that easy. And straight to rock around, to rock around, that's
0: right. Alright, for this episode we'll talking day day. about Run DMC, Raisin Hell. On the line I have Rob. Hey buddy. Ben. My Sharona. And Kyle. What's up little pup? Uh, Raisin Hell is the third album by the hip-hop group Run DMC, released on May 27, 1986 by Profile Records. The album was produced by Russell Simmons and Rick Rubin, and their genre is hip-hop, rap, and rock. I'm going to read from reviews Stephen Thomas Irwin. By their third album, Run DMC were primed for a breakthrough into the mainstream, but nobody was prepared for a blockbuster on the level of Raising Hell. Run DMC and The King of Rock had established The crew's fusion of hip-hop and hard rock, but that sound didn't blossom until Raisin Hell, partially due to the presence of Rick Rubin as producer. Rubin loved metal and rap in equal measures, and he knew how to play to the strengths of both. While slipping in commercial concessions that seemed sly, even when they borrowed from songs as familiar as My Sharona, Uh, With the longtime Run DMC producer Russell Simmons, Rubin blew down the doors of what hip-hop could do with Raisin Hell because it reached beyond rap rock and found all sorts of sounds outside of it. Sonically, there's simply more going on in this album than any previous rap record. More hooks, more drum loops, more scratching, more riffs, more of everything. Where other rap Records including Run DMCs were all about the rhythm, this layered with sounds and ideas giving the music a tangible flow. But the brilliance of this record is that even with the increased musical depth, it still rocks as hard as hell and in a manner that brought in a new audience. Of course, the cover of Aerosmith's Walk This Way, complete with the bands Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, helped matters considerably since it gave an audience unfamiliar with rap an entry point but if it were just a novelty record a one-shot fusion of rap and rock Raisin hell would never have sold three million copies no the music was fully realized and thoroughly invigorating rocking harder and better than any of its rock or rap peers in 1986 and years later that sense of excitement is still palpable on this towering success story for rap in general and run dmc specifically all right. What do we think of Run DMC? Raising Hell. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's, oh, yeah. It is oh, great. It just heavy hitter. It's, yeah. It's like a masterpiece. We say masterpiece yeah. for all these rock <laughs> records. This, I, I I listened to it this week and I was still like blown away. Every time yeah. I listen to this album, I just cannot believe how good it got. This just defined the genre, right? Like, this is a towering mm-hmm. achievement. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. It's Completely timeless, somehow.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Unlike uh, albums that came out that were inspired by "Raising Hell," that are not necessarily as timeless as mm-hmm. "Raising Hell." Like the, the sound and the styles that Run DMC nail so perfectly are easy to be imitated, but never perfected like Run DMC does it. Yeah, you know, eh, Beastie Boys did their best. Oh yeah. no, no, be- Beastie Boys did good. Uh, uh, you know, Fat Boys did good. But I'm talking about like just like. In pop culture after Raising Hell, when when pop culture just had like the go-ahead to rap like this in like their in their sofa warehouse commercials and stuff, <laughs> <you> know, like <laughs> it, it, it became it became such a thing. Like, oh, this is how you rap. You know,
3: <laughs> like, my name is Barney, and I'm here to say when we were when we were
2: covering uh license to ill, did we did we cover like that a go go bell sample that Cinderella and also Peter Piper. The Is is that from something or is it just like a preset on the Roland? Like, uh,
0: is it "Take Me to Mardi Gras" by Bob Chains
3: I believe that is what it is, Kyle. Is it?
2: Yeah. Well, it's a sick a go go riff, and I'm not surprised that multiple bands use it for their breakdowns.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I find it really interesting too that you know Rick Rubin innovator it, the producer for this um, obviously he's gonna have a very good year the the production on this is so poppy so clean like those beats still to this day are are sharp I mean it, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible it hits so hard and then with with their vocalizations and how they're mic'd, it, it sounds so clean and so sharp it's, it's like a diamond it's crazy yeah mm-hmm and that helps with uh, with their their raps, you know, when they're saying P- "Peter Piper picked a pepper," you know, when they're going through all these faster raps, it it it, it completely brings it into that sphere. And now we're listening to uh, um, Walk, "Walk This, this way. way," and Rick Rubin knows how to record rock. You know, it's he knows how to combine the two. And that riff, Joe Perry's riff, with the the backing of uh, i I'm guessing it's an eight oh eight. It sounds perfect. It sounds perfect in line and meshed, and I don't think that's ever happened before this. No. Yeah, Walk This Way was a monster
3: when it came out. I mean, that mm-hmm. single was iconic, and that look uh, of Run DMC.
2: I now know, after reading about Raising Hell this week, that Joe Perry and Steven Tyler re-recorded their 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 parts. In the studio with Run DMC with like a drum machine, I had always been under the impression that they're just mixing a toys in the attic. Like I always thought that those drums at the beginning, like, were the Aerosmith drums, and they're just like looping them. But but that's not the case. And I'm sure it's. It, I'm sure those Aerosmith drums were sound were recorded well. But uh, I'm sure they don't punch like an eight oh eight.
0: Yeah, yeah. You and know? it mixed. I mean, it mixes directly from the previous song so yeah. it, it's perfect in its it, you know introduction into that and then just continuing to keep the party going i mean you could play mm-hmm. those two songs back to back no problem and i think that's the real you know magic of this album is you can put it on turntables and and just let it go and you have a party um it just it just hits that hard and it keeps keeps everything moving i did read um, when they came into the studio is a little i think aerosmith at the time were we're not really uh on top of their game, they weren't uh Yeah, this is like their comeback. The, their yeah, comeback. They, they they hadn't <laughs> had their, their sobering conception. up right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so every everything was a little cold. They didn't know what to really think about it because they thought, ugh. I think both sides were a little on the fence because they're like, uh, do we really want these old rocker, you know, we want this well, rock and Run- roll DMC, music? And
2: Run DMC thought the band was called Toys in the Attic. Like yeah, they, they don't yeah. they don't know Aerosmith <laughs> yeah, You know, right. like <laughs>
0: And then, you know, but as they start getting into it, I think they realize. I mean, I can imagine, you know, Aerosmith hearing the 80, both the both sides hearing the 808 with the riff and thinking, "Oh, okay, yeah, yep, mm-hmm. here we go." Uh, Rob, I, I believe you wanted to talk about uh, some uh, grunting Just noises, the grossest noises <laughs> I've
3: ever heard in my entire life. What's the things that? Steven Tyler sounds like a fucking dying witch and it's awful. <laughs> After he says give me some head he turns into a fucking like crone and it's gross <laughs> and I don't like it. It's a real gross thing. It's a gross thing he did and I I'm I'm still mad at him. And I think they took it out of the uh they they, they didn't allow just give me some head on the uh the single release did they?
0: I don't oh. know. I don't know.
2: I, I always thought he said just give me a kiss. Just oh, give me keys.
0: they might have. They no, might have re-recorded. There it is. Yeah. 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 Um, On the album, it is tawdry. I mean, they left. Uh, you make a dead man come in, right? On that one single.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was sneaky. Yeah, they did it at the at the fade out, and uh, people didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they also did. Uh, Kenny never lost her head, even when she was given head. That was left mm-hmm. in.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Wild. I'm still blown away that like. As a kid, I had this Midwestern Indiana, you know, everybody had this album as far as I can tell. Yeah. It, I there, yeah. It just sold. So it, 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 was like a new thing at the time, especially for me. It was like, oh, this is the, this is the thing and everyone's going to buy it. It was like thriller. I, I feel mm-hmm. like in, in my worldview at the time, it just, everything was, was this, Yeah, and it was, you know, first platinum, -platinum multi-platinum hip-hop record, so, I mean, it was platinum on July 15th, 1986, so it it just shot into the stratosphere when it uh, came out.
3: up uh i was i was wondering whether or not they had an adidas sponsorship when they wrote my, my adidas mm-hmm. they did not what? um but on uh yeah they, they just fucking love adidas uh but <laughs> at Madison medicine square garden uh on the like tour for this on the 19th of july 1986 so just four days after the thing went platinum the the exact like adidas executives were watching during a uh a, a video uh the group made a brief acapella performance to Adidas and then shouted, give us a million dollars. This resulted in then unprecedented for any musician, let alone a hip hop act, a $1 million endorsement deal. So within less than two months, they had a million dollar endorsement
0: deal from Adidas. <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> that's awesome. Just because they're super into Adidas. Also. Yeah. They're, that, that fucking record sold like hotcakes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. They also, at that show, they, the band instructed the audience to hold up their Adidas apparel. During the song. <laughs>
2: so, so everyone in the crowd is just taking their shoes taking off. Their shoes yeah. off?
0: <laughs> He's like, hold up your Adidas. Yep. <laughs> Weird. I yeah. mean, they were into it. That's one way you get a deal. <laughs> oh, just...
2: yeah. Hey, right now we're listening to Is It Live? Am mm-hmm. I hearing some uh, Burundi drums on this song somewhere? Yeah. It, yeah, it, it so. sounds like the s- same Burundi drums that, like, you know, Jody Mitchell and Malcolm McLaren were using. It could be something else, but it definitely, it's it's like, even like the sound quality it sounds like it sounds like a hissing of summer lawns you know
0: man i just want to listen to this the, yeah you guys just it, want to sit I'm around and to... listen
2: to racing hell Yeah. Just no shit
0: Stix, you want to put on a gold chain and go roller skating <laughs> it's it's really interesting too to you know we came from that beastie boys album now we're and the previous run-DMC album and then we're getting this then we'll get Paul's boutique which is uh-huh. has a you know Ooh. has these samples and it's it, it becomes that the the referential element of referencing the old while incorporating new. But this this album I've heard on how many albums, <laughs> probably thousands at this point, that the samples from this album have made it onto other you know hip hop and, and rap records.
3: Did it's, Tone Loke's Funky Cold Medina also sample My Sharona? What's it? Uh, Funky Cold Medina
2: samples Kisses Christine sixteen.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I do like that the the songs are succinct, like they're two minutes, two and a half minutes, except for with the exception of maybe Raising Hell. I think it's five minutes, but they're they're in and out. And I think that that plays to the strength of the songs that it, it produces sort of like a, a pop element to mm-hmm. to to something. But at the same time, like I said before, it's it carries over. So you don't have to, you know, you don't have to skip over any songs. There's no slow songs. There's no fast songs. It all sits right in a in a nice groove. It sits right in a nice beat. Is yeah, it's do an think album, that? For sure. Do you think
2: that that's a bit of a Rick Rubin thing? Because you could take that same sentence and say it about raining blood. Mm-hmm. Short songs. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs>
3: get in, get out. Yeah, clean production. Yeah, yeah,
0: I really uh, good sequencing. Yeah, great yeah. sequencing. At
3: two. Uh, 230 beats per minute, you're not gonna get too much further (laughs) past uh two minutes though. Um or sorry, per second. Oh good god, where am I?
2: Per second? 230 beats per second?
1: Dude, I have ideas. Shut
0: up. Uh Napalm Death coming up. Time did call this album uh rap's first masterpiece. They're not wrong. I don't think I can there have been good good rap albums
2: before this, but Everything really does come together on this one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Perfection. We're listening to it right now. And I feel like that's, they they just put the nail on the head with that song where they're just like, guess what? This, this album. Perfection. Perfection.
2: <laughs> 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 I
3: really like so, uh,
2: Hit It Run.
0: Yeah.
3: Rick Rubin brought in some uh, actual drummers at some point, right? Because Perfection, this doesn't sound like a, a drum machine. It sounds yeah. just like a dude. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it's not all eight hundred eight.
2: That's, that's a that definitely that that would be a Rick Rubin thing to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. They, didn't he bring in Carrie King on their
0: last one? Uh, you're thinking of uh, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys. Yeah, which
2: was also Rubin, though, right?
0: Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he's he's the king of of the crossover, right? Yeah. I mean,
2: the Carrie King of the crossover.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. yeah we're listening to hit it hit it run right now and those he knows how to how to produce right that intro where it was is echoey sounds like a big hall that he's in you know it but then the the beats have no no reverb no, no nothing. reverb it's no like nothing. right up in your ear exactly yeah this is one of the hit it run is maybe one of the only songs that i don't have like any cringe for a the the mouth beatbox uh, <laughs> It, it just so cool.
3: no having a rony
0: that makes you cringe. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, what it's like. <laughs>
3: there, he, there
2: he is. <laughs> 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 uh, the other day, I, I found out that my five-month-old really likes it when I go
0: <laughs> 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 amazing. God, God bless Ren DMC. For showing us the yeah, way, man.
3: Mm-hmm. This this leads right into Pod guys, the the best band that ever existed. See yes. that? So, wrap and rock har. and throw them together.
0: I Splendor. saw
2: I saw Pod in Fort Wayne in the nineties. Oh my! I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm sure I did too. I did want to ask. You wearing Jinkos,
0: is this the best rap rock album? I mean. Or, or is there something else? You know, I I could say Rage We're Against the Machine. We're gonna get to is, Chocolate is Starfish close. later on yeah. on the same but, podcast. But there's there's very few. I feel like that elevate to this level in, in that Rage yeah, I mean, album. I could probably say, I mean, yeah, maybe.
2: Yeah. The, the, the first oh, Rage Against the Machine.
0: Even the second one, I, I feel like is is kind of up there. Yeah, it's
2: good
3: too. Evil Empire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. But it's hard to think yeah. of another yeah, one. faith no
3: more played around with it Ooh, but right. it wasn't you know, the entire record yeah how about check your head
0: Ooh, yeah you're you're right yeah bc boys definitely played it around with that kinda, it does you evolve know, it
3: definitely yeah. evolves yeah. but no th- th- this is the one the just to comp- say what you guys already said that this is the one that like nailed it like this is yeah. the this is the crowning achievement of the the mixture of two musical genres at least in
0: 1986. Yeah. Uh, they were nominated for a Grammy Award, uh, making Run-DMC the first hip-hop act to receive a nomination in the Grammys.
3: Really? That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's wh- was it Album of the Year? Was it uh, Vocal Performance?
0: Uh, best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocal, Raisin Hell.
2: Then the who Apple. won it? And if the category is as broad as R&B, it could be anyone with melatonin. You say melatonin. You know,
0: like,
2: uh, melanin, sorry, <laughs> I said that. the wrong word.
0: Dude, best R and B performance by a duo or group with vocal. Uh, the winner was Prince and the Revolution. Kiss.
2: Okay, so that's for that's for a a single then. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, not not a uh, full length. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Ro- Robert Kreisgau's uh, consideration. He says, like the Rolling Stones 20 years ago, they're middle-class lads who are into music that's hard above all. They're street because they want to be. Granted, the analogy is less than exact. Where the Stones dramatize their streetness by becoming bohemians, rmd D.N.C. c remain defiantly and even paradigmatically uh middle-class and a much tougher trick run dmc project less respect for women than the stones and less interest in them too they commit more lyrical gaffes and their music is a lot further out without the without benefit of rock box or king of rock this is their most uncompromising and compelling album all hard beats and declaiming voices they're proud to be black, all right, but I don't think it has much to do with George Washington Carver. They're proud to be black because it means they can do this. And he gave it an A.
0: Umbridge. I know. I take Umbridge, umbridge. with the umbridge. Rolling Stones reference. Rolling Stones were just looking at old blues music and translating that until they evolved into a rock and roll band. The, mm-hmm. Run DMC are taking are invented literally inventing, you know, rap. At its core, so I don't
3: know. All right, let's uh, let's uh, go shake the bones of uh, Robert Crisgal. <laughs> <Price-Gowen
2: laughs> Ar- wait, <demand laughs> he's, he's alive,
3: isn't he? Yeah. But he's he's got bones in there. He's still got bones. We're There's shaking bones the bones. I, those bones.
2: <laughs> I I guess you know, at least on the surface, both early Rolling Stones and Run DMC are looking backwards or, for for influences and making something new out of it. Yeah. You know, but I I don't see that many comparisons after that.
3: You know, I would say bringing the just kind of bringing it to the middle class masses. I guess, yeah. Uh, yep. Stones, Stones, Beatles, uh, and Rem DMC. That this is this is them and the Beastie Boys. That's the gateway into the uh, the middle class.
1: Yeah,
0: so. sure. Uh, I did want to mention too with that video, uh, 1986, Walk This Way. it, be, it is a symbol between obviously rock a rock band and run DMC they're dueling neighborhood and they literally break through the wall um obviously the metaphor it's a little a little on the nose on on that one (laughs) (laughs) um I did want to say though I mean that made it so run DMC were you know one of the first hip-hop groups to be regular they were in heavy rotation on MTV then which brought Mm them you know even more into uh the public sphere
2: Steven Tyler does open doors in in MTV in the eighties. Yeah. You know, for better or for worse.
0: Finally playing rap on MTV.
2: Like, do you think that he could he he could see that enough moves ahead that when he pitched recording with Aerosmith, do you think that he knew that collaborating with an established rock band would be
0: able to break them into a, like a television? Hip hop groups, rap groups, were already using rock, right? They, they they were already using things like "Walk This Way," um, and they were rapping over them. My Sharona, right? Like but with, I,
2: I mean, like the the actual collaboration with with oh yeah, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. Yeah. Do you think Rick Rubin could see far enough ahead, like okay, now we're gonna get Run DMC on TV during like real hours where people are watching it?
0: Absolutely. One hundred percent. I think he he saw an opportunity just like he saw with um, later and we'll talk about Rick Rubin and Johnny Cash and bringing his career back. I mean, I think he saw that. Okay, Aerosmith is not uh, the kids aren't flocking to Aerosmith right now. You know, they might have their heyday. uh, But they are established. They are established. Yeah. And I think he could see that. I think he's he's one of those people like I mean, we'd say like Quentin Tarantino, who. Uh, creates Jackie Brown so he can hire uh, Pam Greer you know who was yeah. not doing A list movies at the time but you see I mean, something He did
2: that in- with he did that with Travolta too.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. like I know this person is established, I know they're very good. They just need the right vehicle and I can provide that because I know I'm smart enough to see both sides and and how to combine this. So yeah. Dude smart.
2: So we've talked a lot about uh Rick Rubin's fingerprints on this record. What are some of Russell Simmons' fingerprints on the track? He's credited as a producer. Does that just mean he was also there?
0: Yeah, All right. I mean, and and that goes back to um, Kush Groove Records. He was originally, you know, the pr- producer on their previous records, and I think one of the things is they didn't want to let go of of Russell Simmons as a producer because. He was, you know, he he brought them up, you know. He he established Run DMC, and so you don't want to like let go of your uh, of the person who's uh, yeah. defining you as a, as I a group. I
2: I considered him more as a manager than a producer, uh, right? I, so I didn't know if they're just tossing him a production credit or if Russell Simmons is in there turning knobs.
0: Yeah,
3: good, good question. You know, he's just smoking dust, dude. Yeah,
2: that. I learned that from a from a man, Mike D. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, we won't see Aerosmith again until 1989.
2: So, wow, well, we're we, are we? We're skipping over their their big late 80s, early 90s comeback. Then,
3: uh, we're getting pumped. pump. Yeah, so I think, okay. that, I think oh, oh, that is 80, the uh, okay. 89. Get, what about you? You said grip? 89, no,
2: I, I, and and I heard 99 <laughs> for some reason.
3: Woof. You're thinking crazy, yeah. crying, amazing, crazy, mm. crying, amazing. Crying, amazing, crazy. Yeah, I like the record. Um, it's good.
0: Yeah, positive. It's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. It's an iconic can't, record. I know. I can't speak highly enough of this. It even go, I can't believe I can go back. How many years is this now? Like
2: twenty five. Wait, thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah,
0: we're going back thirty years, and I'm listening to this, and I'm listening to hip hop music, and I, you can still. It's still. Reverberating, like still resonating, it's it's crazy. Still sounds fresh.
3: Music is timeless, my friend. Yeah, music is timeless.
2: Positive for me. I like this record a lot. Uh, this yeah. was actually I, I I didn't grow up listening to uh, this album, so I, I knew songs from it. But this was actually my first time just uh, doing doing like a front to back listen.
0: Yeah, sounds like a like best it. hits though, right?
2: It does. It does. Yeah. And I used to have, I used to have a Run DMC cassette that I thought was an album, but I think it was a compilation. I think mm-hmm. it was like a Big Lots compilation cassette. because So there's King of Rock and there's Raisin' Hell. The one I had, I think, was called Rock Box, and it had songs from both.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right, next time we'll be talking about XTC Skylarking. All right, thanks, y'all.